That's pretty awesome. I love that. Hey, Pastor, where are you? I know you normally don't stay when I preach. Uh, Pastor and Elizabeth, would you stand? Would you guys honor them? What great people. Step of faith. Turn me up in the monitors a little, would you? I just... If you don't know me, there's a couple things you need to know. Number one, I'm passionate about everything. If that scares you, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Take a pill. Uh, number one. Number two, I love your pastor like a brother, a long-lost brother that I wish I grew up with, but I'm glad I didn't. How many of you know that? Mostly because he's from the state of Michigan, and Michiganders are like Raider fans. You're glad they're there. You just wish they were in some other planet, you know? And so... I love your pastor. I love Elizabeth very much, their family. Our church had the greatest privilege of supporting the, the Desert Hills Baptist Church for so many years and seeing it get started. I, I remember we sent a group, I think 24 people over just to put flyers on every door in Buckeye before the church started. Now, back then, there were three doors in Buckeye, so it wasn't hard work. Man, this place is great. I've met like 15 families since I've been here. All of you are from California. Uh, so welcome to California East. I mean, holy cow. This place is awesome. I love it. Would you take your Bible turn to Joshua chapter 24? I'm humbled and honored to be here. Uh, I've loved every second of the service and so thankful for it. And, and thankful for what God has done uh, in this place, in this community, just seeing his hand work in a mighty, mighty way. Again, your pastor is just one of the dearest people in my life. I, my wife knows this to be true. I rejoiced when God called he and Elizabeth and the girls here. I cried when he left. Because guys like me don't always make friends that talk trash and give back. And I was sad to see Elizabeth go. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was sad to see your pastor leave. Uh, just such a dear, dear friend, a man of God. Uh, and it's not all about Adam Zamora. I gave him a plaque this morning. It's in his office if you want to see it. Just thanking him for 15 years of planting and faithfully pastoring this church. Now, if you don't know church life and all you do is attend and you don't know like the inner workings from a leadership perspective, less than 5% of churches that start ever make it to five years. Of the churches that start, it's like 2% of them ever make it to 10 years and the number of churches that stop between the 10 and the 15 year mark is huge. And so for Desert Hills Baptist Church to make it 15 years is truly a work of God. And it is an aspect of faithfulness on Pastor Adam and Elizabeth's part and their family and the staff here. It's been absolutely fantastic. I'm going to preach to you this morning on the blessing of anniversaries. The blessing of anniversaries out of Joshua chapter 24. Now, I got to tell you, I love anniversaries. I'm not always good at celebrating them, but I do love them. As I was thinking over this message, I was thinking back to my wife and I, our first anniversary. We got married way too young. Thanks. I was 22. I just turned 22. She had just turned 20. And I, we just kind of threw it out there to our parents like, hey, I'd, I'd like to get married to Debbie. What do you think? And, and, and my parents were like, yeah, do it. And I learned later the only reason they said that was so I would never live with them again. They really thought it was a bad idea, but they were like, please, get married. That way you never come home. My dad's a tightwad, and he thought he'd never have to give me any money again, which I thought, what's the big deal? You've never given me any money you know, before. But we got married, and we're still in college. And I was a youth pastor at a church, and when you become a pastor the first few years, you take an intense vow of poverty. 
and uh, we lived in a fifth wheel on the campus of the college that I went to, and it leaked, and it was just nasty and moldy, and there were squirrels that would come into it, and we would fellowship with them, and I, I <laughs> led them to Jesus, and uh, then I introduced them to Jesus, too. Um, <laughs> So you're like, how'd you do that? And ask me after the service. <laughs> you didn't grow up on a farm. And, uh, um, and we, we, had a, we had a great time. So our first anniversary, we had no money. We had nowhere to go. So we decided to do this. Debbie's parents are from Bakersfield, California, which is kind of like um, Buckeye in a liberal state, which means it's horrid. If you've ever been to Bakersfield, this is what you think. Like when people die, this is the bad place the Bible talks about. Like, like this is where you go. And so Debbie's from there, and, and uh, so her parents live there. And she said, well, for our first anniversary, why don't we do something fun? Let's go see my parents. So we did. Let me just tell you, if you're not married, don't ever go to your in-laws on an anniversary. Okay, I'll do a marriage conference next week. Um, don't ever go to your in-laws on an anniversary, uh, whether it's your parents or her parents, don't do it. We went there. We had no money, so we're just sitting around watching football one weekend, and we came up with this idea. Let's go, and this is all we could afford. We went to the Baker's Square in Bakersfield, California, and we shared a piece of French silk pie and a Dr. Pepper. That's what we shared. And I can remember eating at that pizza pie, which was all we could afford at the time. I was still in college, and she was pregnant with our first daughter. And uh, I, can, I can still remember that moment as I'm eating that pie thinking, I hope at some point I can do better for an anniversary than half a piece of French silk pie and staying at my in-law's house. You say, have you? Yes. Every year, I have to take her now somewhere, because God's blessed. I have to take her somewhere nice. And so now we go to Baker Square, and we both get our own piece of French silk pie. <laughs> it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing. I set the bar really, really low. Anniversaries are, are awesome. As we come to our text in Joshua chapter 24 this morning, a very common passage of Scripture, I want to give you a little bit of background out of Joshua chapter 24 as to what's going on. Some of you maybe have been in church a while. Some of you probably, you're newer to church. So let me give you a little bit of the context to what's going on, and then we'll jump into the bigger thought or the idea of the text this morning. Joshua was a servant of Moses. Moses is kind of the lead, not kind of, he is the, the stated leader of God for the people of Israel as they come out of Egypt and head into the promised land. Joshua has the title, the general of the army under Moses' leadership. He was at the tabernacle and most of Moses' major days of accomplishment and major days of, of spiritual renewal and recognition for the people of Israel. It was Joshua who was in the temple with Moses as God spoke with him in Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. Joshua was handpicked by God to lead the nation of Israel after the death of Moses. It's Joshua that the Bible says in Joshua 11:5 that he did all that God had told Moses to do. We don't have time to go into all that Moses didn't accomplish everything God had for him, and so partly his fault, partly the nation of Israel's fault, but Joshua was able to accomplish that. 
between chapters 11 and chapter 24 of the book of Joshua, the nation of Israel was busy cleaning up the land and ridding it of some of its inhabitants as God had commanded them and dividing the land and really inhabiting the land. As we come to Joshua 24, he's an old man, uh, probably between, most historians believe, between 110 and 120 years old, somewhere in that range. I mean, he is an old man who's lived his entire adult life fighting, protecting, battling. That's been his life. And Joshua 24 is really his farewell address to the nation of Israel. They'd come together now in Joshua 24 for the second time to hear him speak to the nation of Israel as a corporate body, all of them together, if you will. The first time happened, most historians believe, one year prior to the events that we read about in Joshua 24. It's the anniversary of the corporate conversation Joshua is having with the nation of Israel. And I would like for us on this 15th anniversary of the Desert Hills Baptist Church, this most important opportunity, I want to look at this, maybe recognize the first major anniversary in the Bible. Joshua has gathered the leaders, the tribes are there, the people are there, and he begins to talk to them. And we see this verse that is well known if you've been in church very long, in Joshua chapter 24. Verse number 15, the Bible says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now this is just a small picture into the entirety of the message that Joshua is sharing. I'd like for us to notice this morning three points about anniversaries that I think are very valid and that come to life in this text. Anniversaries are first this morning in verse 2 to 12, a time to celebrate the work God has done. A time to celebrate the work God has done. In chapter 2 of the text, the Bible says, And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abram, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abram from the other side of the flood, and led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his seed, and gave him Isaac, in verse 4, and I gave unto Isaac Jacob, and uh, I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau, and I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt, and I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them, and afterward I brought you out. We could go on and read through verse number 12 to read about all the things that God has done. Here's just the highlights. Verse number 3, I took Abraham out from where he was, and I called him to be the father of your nation. I gave uh, Isaac to Abraham. Verse number 5, I sent Moses. In verse number 6, here's what God is saying. 
I sent your fathers out of Egypt. In verse number eight, I brought you into the land. I gave them into your hand. I destroyed them. Verse nine and 10, I would not hearken to Balaam. In verse number 11, referring to the inhabitants of the land, I delivered them into your hands. In verse number 12, I sent hornets before you, which drave out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword nor with thy bow. God says, listen, you're fighting the Amorites, and in that battle, I sent a bunch of hornets there to take out the enemy. You defeated, or the enemy was defeated, and you never even lifted the sword. I mean, this is a, a, this is a powerful uh, text when it comes to, like, military battle. You've got your weapons of war. God has bees. Bees win every time. That's what he's saying. And people say, oh, that's metaphorical. No, 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 that's literal. God literally sent bees. You ever been in a fight and a bee's stinging you? My wife, I love her to death. We've been married, we'll be married 28 years in December. My wife attracts mosquitoes and bees. We could both be in the backyard of our beautiful million-dollar home in San Diego, about the size of a... It's about the size of the entryway of all of your homes. <laughs> it really is. It's like two square feet. Oh, how much will that be? Three million dollars. Oh, great. We'll pay that. And we're happy to pay for it. Yeah. It's like, do you want an apartment with that? No, but a cot would be nice. Well, we have this tiny little backyard. And we've got a, a piece of grass that's smaller than the platform here, and that's our backyard. And we'll stand in the backyard, and I'm just enjoying maybe playing with the dog or whatever. And Debbie's back there, and the whole time she's doing what he's like, ah, 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 they're all over me. Like, 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 I'm like, what is wrong? She's like, I've gotten bit by 15 mosquitoes. And I look at her, and I'm like, you're weird. You see, do you really say that? I do. I tell her stuff to do, like to prevent it. Like, go drink vinegar. My grandfather drank, ate a pickle a day. He said he never got bit by a mosquito. Maybe that'll help. She looks at me like I'm an idiot, like some of you are looking at me right now. And, and, that's, and then Debbie gets, she, she gets stung by bees more than the average person. The other night, she goes out on our patio, and as she's walking back in, I hear her, like, yelp. Like, Ow! Like, what in the world just happened? I go, what, what happened? Oh, I, I just stepped on a bee and it stung me. No, no lie. She couldn't walk well for like three days because of that. I'm just saying, this is the work God did. God like sent bees. It's hard to fight when you're getting stung. It's hard to wield a sword or shoot a gun or fire a weapon or, or, or drive a tank if there's bees everywhere. And God is simply saying, hey, folks, I want you to understand something, that where you're at is not because of you. Where you're at is because of me. And don't forget me in the celebration. You can't forget the work God has done. Sometimes people will say, Pastor, you've been married 28 years. What's the key? And really, the key is the goodness of God. Because if it was up to me, she would have left me with date number one. How many of you can identify to that? Like, oh, yeah. Somebody said to me one time, I have no idea why my wife is mad at me. And I helped them and counseled them. And I told that to Debbie later. She goes, what did you think? All I could think of is, I have no idea why you're not mad at me. It's the goodness of God. 
anniversaries are an opportunity to celebrate God and his goodness. Desert Hills Baptist Church is an opportunity, like the psalmist said in Psalm 149, 1 and 2, to praise the Lord, to sing unto the Lord, to praise in the congregation, to rejoice in the God that made them, the children of Zion, to be joyful in their king. There are times when it's easy to forget all that God's done in the past. Our church started, I've been to every, I think I've preached at every place that Desert Hills has met, at least the, the ones where you've been there for any time. And our church started in a dumpy little rec center, dirty little rec center in the Kearney. We'd show up and there'd be trash everywhere. There'd be liquor bottles everywhere. We'd be mopping up and cleaning on a Sunday morning before service. I mean, it was, it was, it was a difficult, wonderful time. And there's times when I'll just drive by there and I'll, I'll look at where we started and the day of small things and, and I'll rejoice in where we were and then I'll see where God brought us. And I understand something, that it is God that has done the work. Anniversaries are an opportunity to celebrate the goodness of God. Secondly, this morning, anniversaries are an opportunity to meditate on the work God is doing. To meditate on the work God is doing. In verse number 13, our, our text will read in just a second. But don't have you realized this in our world as Westerners, and by Westerners I mean America, Western Europe, we're, we're never really content with where we are. Now, for me to prove my point, you might go, oh, I don't know what he's talking about. But let me prove my point this way. How many of you have ever been enjoying a good meal, talking about another good meal that you're looking forward to having? Like you're at a restaurant, oh, yeah, this is, food is good. But I, I tell you, I went to Ruth's Chris one time, and that was amazing. Now, you're enjoying one meal, talking about another good meal. You're not wrong to do that. We're just sometimes inherently discontent or we're always looking forward to something bigger and something better being done. How many of you can identify with that? Anniversaries are like, our marriage is good, but couldn't it be better? Our church is good, but couldn't it be better? I wonder if... I wonder about that. It's just an opportunity to meditate on the good things God is doing. Verse number 13. I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you built not. And you dwell in them of the vineyards and the olive yards which you planted not. Do ye eat? Here's what he's saying here. I've given you land, the provision of God. I've given you walled cities, the protection of God. I've given you vineyards and olive yards, the the blessing of God. I've given you all of these things, and you didn't really do anything to get them other than follow my word. Now think about the blessing of God. The active, present tense blessing of God. God's doing a great work at Desert Hills Baptist Church. God's doing some amazing things in your midst. And here's what we think about. Oh, the dollar is falling. What's going to happen? Now that's a concern that we probably need to think about. Oh, Gas prices are increasing. I'm telling you, gas is so cheap here. I tried to drink some. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. 
I looked for the most expensive gas station. It was cheaper than the cheapest gas station in San Diego, and we stole that gas from somewhere in Arizona. I'm telling you right now, that's what happened. I mean, I was like, I paid, I don't know, $4.99 for gas this morning, and I was, I, I almost said to Debbie, let's just put it in a bathtub and take a shower or a bath in it. And this stuff is amazing. I've never seen it so cheap in all my life. You no, know, we, we talk about high gas prices. Flights are canceled. Have you, have you traveled this summer? Holy cow. If you have, don't put it on Twitter. There's problems with Russia, Iran, North Korea, Ukraine, a fentanyl crisis in America, and every one of these problems, let me stop and say, are very, very real and tragic. But we act like God sometimes will only work if he removes all of the problems from the world. Well, that's what we call heaven. But God still works today. And he still works now. And he works in some amazing and wonderful ways that are so vital and so important to remember. My dear mother-in-law has been a Christian for 46 years. 46 years. One of the best bi ladies' Bible teachers and children's Bible teachers that you'll ever meet in your life. But she's had, in her life, she's always really struggled to be vocal about her faith. Like, like she comes to church, she doesn't mind teaching kids, she loves that, she doesn't mind teaching ladies, she loves that. But she has a, almost a phobia of sharing her faith. And so she and I have talked multiple times, and Debbie and her have talked multiple times about her sharing her faith, because she's such a, a, a great communicator of the gospel and a great communicator of the things of God, and we've enjoyed uh, those conversations. And she, she works hard and she tries. Well, my mother-in-law now has stage four breast cancer that's ravaged her body, and we, we honestly don't know how much longer she has. Months, maybe a year. We, we just don't know. And it's been very difficult for us as a family. But one of the cool things is that she's on Oxy. So she's stoned most of her life now. It's okay to laugh at our family. We do this. Like we find, we find morbid humor in things. And so she, she, now she has fun with everything. Like, everything is fun. She was like a repressed hippie her whole life. Now she's not repressed anymore. And you think, like, oh, how's she living that out? This is how she's living it out. Everywhere she goes, she's sharing the gospel. The doctor comes into the room, and he's like, Judy, I got to talk to you. She says, whoa, 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 you need to wait one second. Oh, I need to wait? She would never do that. She was like hyper, hyper submissive, quiet lady. And she's like, no, you need to listen right now. I want you to understand something, doctor. I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And based on the authority of the Bible, when you die, you're going to go to either heaven or hell. And if you will repent of your sin, because you are a sinner. I mean, come on, you're a doctor. You are a sinner. And if you will recognize your need for Jesus Christ, he will save you. And he says, whosoever will come to me, I will in no wise cast out. And grace is greater than your sin. There's no sin that you've ever committed that he can't forgive. There's no one that's beyond his reach. And he sent me here to tell you how you can have eternal life. I'm like, Mom, did you take an offering? <laughs> this is what she said, like, no, should I? Yes! We could look at the tragedy of what's coming, but I'm just going to tell you, there's a blessing that God is doing right now. God's doing some wonderful things at Desert Hills Baptist Church. 
I thought of something yesterday. People are being saved. No, come on, are we not a happy church that people are no longer on their way to an eternity in hell? No, no, let me, let me help you. I know your pastor's from Michigan, but I'm from California where we have fun and we enjoy life. There's not a great cloud of coldness that follows this dude around. I said people are getting saved at Desert Hills Baptist Church. Yeah. And the charismatics finally speak in a Baptist church. Praise the Lord. Love it. That's how it should be. Try to get our Baptist friends at Canyon Ridge like, hey, clap. And I'm like, your hands won't break. And Baptists sometimes can't even do it. Like, <laughs> both hands are the same polarity and they just keep missing each other. <sighs> People are being baptized at Desert Hills Baptist Church. Come on, really? People are being discipled. Folks are being prayed for. People are being encouraged. Families are being helped. Marriages are being salvaged. Why? Because God is doing a great work through this ministry. And it's exciting. And you say, well, I don't think we should recognize ministries and churches. Well, the church is the bride of Christ that he purchased with his own blood for the beautification of the world today. By beautification, I mean the spiritual beautification of the world today is done through the local, visible New Testament church. And we rejoice in what God is doing today through Desert Hills Baptist Church. Now, now we've had people in our church disobey God and move to Arizona, like the rest of you. I'm teasing. Not really. And I'm thankful that I would say, now, Phoenix is such a huge area. I did not know how big Phoenix was until we had some people move here. I'm like, you should go to Desert Hills Baptist Church. Oh, well, pastor, I'm, I'm going to be living in Tempe. I'm like, I don't care. Just go there. It's not that far. And then they're like, no, pastor, it's like nine hours long. <laughs> And then with the traffic that you have here, the one thing I love about Arizona, it makes me love San Diego traffic. Holy cow. Go to Verdugo. Oh, they're going to take an entire seven-lane freeway down to one lane because that's a good idea. That has nothing to do with the message. I'm just mad about it, all right? So the Bible says confess your faults one to another. I'm I'm just in a state of confession. Pray for me because there's two things about traffic that I hate. People in the fast lane driving slow. Can I get an amen? If, if there's people behind you flashing their lights, they're not saying hi. They're saying, Grandma, move to the slow lane. We've got places to go. Come on. You say, I'm not a grandma. People do that to me all the time. Well, you're driving like one. Hurry it up. I'm on a one-man mission to get the fast lane fast again. And by the way, the carpool lane is supposed to be faster than the fast lane. It's not just so that you can take your four kids in the minivan and take a Sunday drive. There's no such thing as a Sunday drive in California or Arizona. Move to Minnesota for Sunday drives. We got places to go. God is doing a work. I got to finish. Once you guys loosen up, you're fun to preach to. I like it. I like it. Thirdly, not only is the anniversary a time to celebrate the work God has done and an opportunity to meditate on what he is doing, 
It's a decision to be a part of the work God will do. It's a decision to be a part of the work God will do. Verse number 14, I read it earlier, but I'll read it again because I want to make sure you understand the text. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served on the, on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He, here's what, what Joshua is saying. He's like, hey, stop serving false gods. Make the decision to serve the Lord. But if you don't serve the Lord, you need to understand something. I'm still serving the Lord. And your lack of obedience will not detract me from my obedience. Why? Joshua, on this anniversary, was deciding and declaring that he was going to be a part of the work God was continuing to do. Now, verse number 16, the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. Verse 17, for the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all our ways we went among all of the people through whom we passed. And they go on and they list the things that he's done, that, that the Lord has done. Anniversaries are an opportunity for you to decide to keep serving the Lord. It was uh, this summer, a family in our church came to me. They said, Pastor, we're celebrating our 25th anniversary. Would you renew our vows for us? I said, let me ask you a question. They said, what? I said, have you broken them? They said, no. I said, do you really need to renew them? And they said, we'd love to because we want to recommit ourselves for the next 25 years. Uh, Roger that. Let's do it. And so we did. It was a beautiful ceremony on the beach outside of Coronado. Uh, uh, and, uh, in Coronado, it was, it was a wonderful experience because they were excited to be a part of what was in the future. And anniversaries at church are an opportunity to decide to be a part of the work God will do. Well, how do we know God will do a work? Well, is he doing a work right now? Absolutely he is. Their choice was a call for sincere service. It was a lifestyle calling. Give up the other gods. Serve the Lord. It was a committed calling. Give up that other, uh, those other gods in their way of life and commit to following the Lord. So Desert Hills Baptist Church, today which is really what we would call an in-reach day. Next week you have a big outreach day with open house. Today is an opportunity to get on board and to reevaluate where you're at. Here's what I know when people move, because we have people all the time. More people move out of California than move into it right now, it seems like. But we have people that move into San Diego because of our high military influence and beautiful city and all of that. And here's what often happens. When people move, they could have been faithful in some church in some other place, but they got disconnected in the move, and it's just a part of life. It's nothing, there's no problem with it. It's just a reality of life. They got disconnected, and, and they have to make the decision to get back, to get connected again, and to keep doing things like keep attending services. I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase this. 
I was speaking in a California way, I guess, that you'll keep going to church, that you're not going to miss Sunday because it's only 80 degrees outside and you can actually see the sun without it melting off your skin. No, that, that Sunday's the Lord's day. And we're going to go to the Lord's house. And it's a decision to keep inviting friends. I'm just going to keep inviting friends to church. Well, they don't come, Pastor. That's all right. I'm going to just keep inviting them. I'm just, I've decided that there's something going on here by the power of God that he is doing at this church where the gospel is being preached and people are being prayed for and loved that I want my friends that don't know Jesus to come to a place where they will be introduced to Jesus. Because I'm going to talk about Jesus, but I want that reinforced. So I'm just making the decision. I'm going to keep being a part of this place, and I recommit to that for the next 15 years. It's a commitment to pray. It's a commitment to give money. Amen. Yeah, that's good. That's better than the jokes. If you don't amen when I talk about giving money, I'll do it for myself. The Bible says I'm supposed to encourage myself, so that's just me trying to follow Jesus. Our church is cringing back home like your pastor is, but it is a biblical principle. I'm going to be committed to give. I'm going to be committed to serve. I'm going to be committed to joy when I walk through the door. For how long? Till the Lord takes me home. Uh, if he comes for his church, that, that's fine too. I'll be with him. But I, I'm just going to stay committed. And it's an opportunity to recommit. Because if you're anything like me, over time, I can very, very easily begin to wander. And my mind begins to get filled with other things and other thoughts. And God takes opportunity through special days, special events, to remind me of the importance of his word and of his church. And that's really what today is all about. It's a celebration of where we are. It's being reminded of how we got here. I, I, I have opportunity to meditate on his present goodness, but I'm looking forward to what he's going to continue to do, and I'm just going to stay on board with what he's going to continue to do. You might say, well, I'm new to the area, Pastor. How do I get on board? Well, there'll be a new members class here pretty soon. But the greatest way to be on board, if you didn't know about it, is through accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Amen. And if you're here today and you've never repented of your sin, that means to agree with God that you've sinned against him. It doesn't mean you you, that you have to work to change so that you can, you can be saved. No, salvation or saved is a Bible word that means God came down and he alone forgives you of all of your sin. Repentance is an acknowledgement that I have sinned against God and I now want to obey him. I'm giving him my life. I'm putting my faith and trust in him. And anyone who will put their faith and trust in Christ alone is guaranteed an eternity in heaven with God. Guaranteed. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, do that today. Anniversary Sunday of Desert Hills Baptist Church, 15th anniversary. It's an awesome opportunity to do it. Matter of fact, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Not next week, not next month, not next year. Today. Well, how do I do that? Well, 
Recognize and acknowledge that you're a sinner. Recognize and acknowledge that only Jesus Christ can save you. Pray and ask God to forgive you of your sin and receive the free gift of salvation that is in Jesus Christ alone. If you'll do that, he promises to save you. And by the way, that's been the message of Desert Hills Baptist Church for 15 years. And that will continue to be the message of Desert Hills Baptist Church for the next 15 years. Your pastor will be too old to pastor then. We're retiring together. We say, where are you moving to? It ain't Michigan, I can guarantee you that. But it'll be the message of Desert Hills Baptist Church. And then church family, members of Desert Hills, people who attend here regularly, how committed are you? Are you like the people in Joshua say who say, you know what, I'm in, I'm 100% in. I'm going to serve God, I'm going to serve God with my life through Desert Hills Baptist Church. doesn't mean you have to be a vocational pastor, but you ought to be a lay minister. You ought to be someone that serves the Lord on a very, very regular basis through the ministries of Desert Hills Baptist Church. There's nothing more important in your life than serving God through your local church. And anniversaries are an opportunity to remember the blessing of God, to meditate on the goodness of God, and to commit to the further work of God that's going on, and to jump and be a part of it. And I wonder today, would you say that you are a part or not? If you're not, no one's throwing stones at you. Just do this. Would you just commit today that you're going to be a part of it? And after the service, there'll be some places where you could talk to people about areas of, of ministry. If you're here today and you're not saved, there'll be somebody over here with a ta- at the table that can take the Bible and show you how heaven can be your home or get a counselor for you and get that set up. Why? Because Desert Hills Baptist Church wants to help you because Jesus has helped us.